Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Check, check. One, two... We're breaking the news from the New York Times tonight. It is reporting that both the Justice Department and the FBI are investigating the now defunct political data firm Cambridge Analytica. Russia, the United States, and many points in between have been hit by what's now a common form of cybercrime. Four members of China's military over a cyber attack on credit rating giant Equifax. Uh, yes or no, does Facebook use audio obtained from mobile devices to enrich personal information about its users? No. Hello friends and welcome back to another episode of Sunday Stories with me, your host, Farim Shinzadeh. When we cover ongoing headlines, I meet interesting fucking guests. To help me with uh, the topic cybersecurity, I have my co-host, Friedrich Blix. Hello there. And uh, associate professor and advisor in information security. Uh, his aim is to help Sweden and Europe and the world to become more sustainable and secure in the digital area. That is correct. And that I'm, is a poem. I'm associated with Stockholm University here in Stockholm and Cybercom, which is a Swedish IT development company. Right, right. Cool. How long have you been working in this area? I'm afraid to count the number of years, but right. it's about a quarter of a century. Whoa. Yeah. You look Every young, day. by the way. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I would like the women to say right. that. <laughs> but maybe they will. Maybe they will. So we have a special segment in this podcast, Would You Rather? Mm-hmm. Are you okay. familiar with the game? No, but I think I can catch up pretty quickly. Yeah, right. So you will get a question and with two different answers, and then you just choose one. Okay? okay. Great. Let's just start the show. Would you rather be able to freeze time or travel in time? Travel in time. Why would you do that? Because I want to see the future. Ooh. Where would you travel? I would travel around 10 years down the line to see where we are in AR, augmented reality and virtual reality, because I think it's going to change... Try to understand that and try to see how we should, you know, uh, think about cybersecurity in relation to that and start working towards that already today. Right. And then you will bring back some billion dollar idea to the past yep. and get super rich. The, the movie called uh, the, the Hot Top Time Machine. Have you seen it? They, yeah. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Cool. <laughs> Moving on to the next question. Would you rather have your dream job or find your true love? Maybe you. I have both already. I would give up any job for my true love right because your wife may be listening Uh, (laughs) that special one yeah yeah it is (laughs) moving to the next question would you rather share your house with uh, a family of rats or live with your parents forever I will live with my parents forever right fuck rats (laughs) true Okay, we have only two more questions before we dive into the mm-hmm. subject. I guess it's going to be difficult now, right? Yeah, it's going to be... I think the last question is going to be really, really weird. Mm-hmm. So get prepared for that. Would you rather know all the secrets of space or know all the secrets of the ocean? Space. Space. Are you interested in space? I am very interested. I've never been, but it would be nice to go. It would? Yeah. What is, what is it called? Richard Branson's Space Company... Oh, Galactica, uh, Galactica yeah. right? And then you have uh, SpaceX. Mm-hmm. Are they? Those are the two ones, right? Working uh, on the yeah. Or you could go maybe and get a private ticket. Yeah, right. How much? Do you know how much it will cost? No, no. But Probably around a hundred thousand bucks to get into zero gravity. But you know that would not shit. be so. No, nice. no, so, no, you know no. you want to go further out, right? Of course, and risk your yeah. life. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Coming down to the last question. Mm-hmm. 
Would you rather have to fart loudly every time you have a serious conversation or have to burp every time you kiss? It's I will weird fart. One. You will fart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, thank you for still being here after this. All of these uh, terrorizing questions. I'm getting a little bit uh, afraid now. What's <laughs> going to come next? <laughs> That's perfect. Okay, let's delve into this uh, serious question: cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. How would your kids describe your profession? My kids are two very intellectual beings, and they would probably give a long definition about cybersecurity and and so on. But basically. Well, the way I think about myself, it's a little bit like a priest. Hmm. Because I'm preaching, right? That is true. Every day I'm <laughs> preaching. I'm teaching hundreds of students every year. I am I am working, talking to clients and to understand their, their situation and trying to say, you know, give them good advice on how to deal with cyber threats and so on. So it's a lot of, you know, my, my father is a priest. My grandfather oh, was a priest and wow. his father was a priest and his father was a priest and so on for many, many generations. And I think the reason why I am not a priest and I mean preaching in this area is that, is that this area is turning into something really important in society. Yeah, yeah. And it is sort of that kind of roles that the priests upheld a long time ago. Wow. In society now when we're moving into the digital era with virtual reality and augmented reality and everything, you would have to think about someone has to uphold the uh, law and order true and good ethics and uh, and uh, you know even the natural laws you know in in a virtual reality yeah, society yeah, yeah. you know they they have to be controlled by someone and i would be that one I that is a, that is a very good presentation of yourself but was your dad kind of mad that you didn't become a priest <laughs> he has never <laughs> asked me he's probably listening to this now he's right. never asked me about that and i'm kind of surprised because i, I I would think, you know, I would have told my oldest son if it's been like that for a long time that, you know, son, you know, this yeah. has been going on for a long time and your grandfather and his father and so on. True. But he never said anything. I think maybe maybe he's quietly waiting. Maybe he maybe he realizes that actually cybersecurity is going to turn into the new theology anyway. So, okay, how would you describe cybersecurity? So it starts with basically computers. So we use computers today. Uh, you know, just as a laptop, but larger ones, we use them to help us to produce uh, services in society, critical societal services like paying taxes or getting your pension funds or paying money from one place to another and so on. So we use computers for almost everything, for local transportation, for controlling the trains, for getting clean water in your in the bathroom in the morning. So we use that for the water cleaning and for the water distributions. We use computer for everything, right? Mm-hmm. So my job is basically to make sure that these computers and the services that are rendered by these computers, that they are actually safe uh, right. from errors that people, you know, mistakes that people make, but also from cyber attacks, from attacks from mm-hmm. the outside, people trying to shut down these services for for uh, society. So right. and, and when I, what I mean with safe is to keep information in these computers when needed uh, secret. We call it confidentiality. Mm-hmm. And to keep information correct so that no one logs in there uh, and in an unauthorized way and sort of alters the information. We sure. call that integrity. Mm-hmm. And also one very important aspect of cybersecurity is availability, to make sure that these services and the computers are available at all times when they are needed for those people right. who should be authorized to use them. So it's basically cybersecurity is about the confidentiality, the integrity, and the availability 
of services like a payment service or a local transportation mm-hmm. so and of course the computers and the information connected to these services it feels like the entire society is hanging on you guys it is and that's Basically. why there are 4.2 million open jobs that cannot be Whoa. fulfilled in this area million. because yeah million Whoa. around the world globally yeah. so there are like 4 million open job positions for cybersecurity experts that cannot be filled wow. that's why we have to start all this master's program to develop you know knowledge and experience in this area and to get new people who are who think in new ways into yeah. the field uh, i mean to to work with cybersecurity do you have to be a programmer is it n- Or a mathematician, no. maybe. Uh, I have a secret to admit. Right. I think I may be the only one who have a PhD in computer science who have not studied programming. Huh. What? <laughs> I That's just skipped that course. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I do know. I mean, I, I can read other people's code, you know. Yeah, you understand with, it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I can't write anything meaningful myself right. so. but you're uh, you're good with math probably that's like the core to, to yeah but you know in. what M- logic and systematic approaches only gets you so far in security mm-hmm. what you need to you need to combine that with creativity because the attackers they work from uh, they don't work from logic and, syst- and systematic approaches they work from creativity you know trying to find the vulnerability that is not expected yeah, yeah. trying to combine different ideas to how to get in so we have to work with both logic mm-hmm. and creativity to create any meaningful protection but how do you how do you become like creative in, in, in do you have to think like how criminals think like um first of all i think you have to be a criminal no, right <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, but so this is, you know, know thy en- enemy, right? Yeah. So yeah. basically, you have to have a creative, open mind. Like when you go into an elevator and press that button, mm-hmm. you are the kind of person who thinks about how does this work? You know, is there mm-hmm. now how does it uh, when you click on number seven to go up to this floor? How does the whole thing work? You have to be uh, curious about how right. systems work. So you see <coughs> systems all around you when yeah. you walk into a room or. You see systems between people. You see communication systems. Sure, sure. You see all the technical systems that are in play in a room. The ventilation here, the 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 lighting system, and how that is controlled, and so on. And you have to think all the time about what can go wrong with the systems and how you could ah. find vulnerabilities and how to secure them. Yeah. So I think curiosity and creativity. That's you know, if you have that, then you can be very successful wow. in this business. Do you get like frustrated? Like, why don't they fix this? You can get a little bit tired. But uh, so when I started uh, about a quarter century ago on this, in this field, I, I, I thought that, wow, there's a window of opportunity here, like all right. these vulnerabilities in these IT systems. And I'll be able to sort of like find them and sort them out. And and, uh, and it will only be a few years now when we have this opportunity to to sort of make money and create business yeah. around this because then everything will be secure. Right. But I was wrong. Right? Uh, and <laughs> how, long, then, how long was this ago? Uh, about... 22 years or something, Whoa. 23 years. So now, basically, we have all these new systems, right? Wireless yeah. networks that was not uh, around there and much more, you know, digitalization of society. So so these vulnerabilities, they keep on growing all the time so that it's unlimited work, you know, that we can do. Uh, wow. So yeah. you, you, you have to come up with, like, new solutions for, for each product, right? You can't basically do one solution and then say, okay, we're selling this. Okay, who wants to implement it? Well... Yeah, of course. So as new risks arise and new attack methods uh, arise, we have to come up with new ways for protection, right? Right. But also there is one problem we have in this business is that we who are a little bit, has been in the business for a long time, we have our own minds a little bit about how things should be done. And it's a little bit top down in large organizations, like how we try to manage cybersecurity. 
And now, so I try to, I, when I created this master's program at Stockholm University, I really fought for that we have an open application process so that people from any area who have a bachelor degree, mm-hmm. from any area, they can be an actor, they can be a political oh. scientist, they can apply to the master's program mm-hmm. and get in. So we have like 800 applicants for 70 Ooh, places. Shit. So this means that we have like really good people coming in, right. but with different ideas. So all these different ideas you know, brought together on this problem, that really creates something new. Definitely. That's how you create a good good protection, right? Right. So I'm one of the old guys now. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get the young people in yeah. to think in new ways on how to secure society in so the future. So what is the big challenge in that case to bring young people into this profession? I mean, there's four million, you said, jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that enough to, to bring people in? or? Well, you know, there are many people who want to start working in this area, but it, of course, you need to have some, uh, you need to have some knowledge about um, exactly, you know, the technical issues that organizations are facing. You need to understand uh, the basics of IT infrastructure in, right. in yeah, companies. Yeah. And now we have this whole shift to serverless, and like when you don't have even have a server, but you have a lot more cloud services uh. who are completely different to audit, completely different to set up and evaluate the security and to make sure that the security is good. So we are working now with new methods and tools to have good security, of course, in, in this kind of environments as well. And it's, wow. uh, so it's, uh, the, the challenge is you need to get in people who are willing to learn mm-hmm. their whole life yeah, because yeah. it never stops, right? Right. But how, mm. many, how many attacks are there in the world? Well, I could not say, but let me tell you this. So the number of state-sponsored mm-hmm. cyber attacks slash cyber activities against Swedish IT infrastructure is around 100,000 per month, according to the Swedish um, agencies. Sweden is a small country. Yeah. So basically, what happens right now is that so cybersecurity is moving into the sort of conflict zone, you know, conflicts between countries. Mm -hmm. So like we would expect and we can see in Sweden that other nation states are making a map of our sort of network topology and, and trying to find out which different computers, so to say, or which different uh, infrastructural components are used to provide which services in Sweden. And the reason why they do that is that they want to be able to create a simulated model of parts of Swedish infrastructure so that they can prepare for attacks against us, right? So this happens also as Sweden is building, you know, we're building our offensive cyber warfare capabilities so yeah, to say yeah. or cyber defense capabilities and when we do that we also have to of course try to you know train uh, our cyber soldiers on how to attack other countries so it's an interesting development because it's a whole new market of course for us Definitely. it's a it's a lot of ethical questions to sort out but i mean i would prefer to be actually cyber attacked than to be <laughs> to have a bomb on my head <laughs> but true, anyway true. It, it's a, these are serious attacks that yeah. that, that you know that, that take place now in every in every conflict now today there is it's a hybrid conflict where wow. information and disinformation is a large part but also attacks against the uh, infrastructure yeah definitely we can just relate to the 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 latest news maybe you can add some information to it <clears throat> this IT attack on AdTech that was um, it was the ransomware attack right Ransom- was, uh, was a ransomware uh, yeah, I'm not quite mm. like familiar with mm. the entire information about mm. it, but but what I read that it was just one attack cost them 150 million Swedish crowns. Mm. Uh, you know, 
So basically what happened is that hackers attacked the company. Uh-huh. They took uh, some information at ransom. Basically, they encrypted some information and they demanded a ransom, you know, that they had to pay this money oh, to, to get no, it out. Get That's it. how yeah, I understand right. it. Yeah. Right. And of course, it's Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So it's right. hopefully untraceable then for the people who receive it. Yeah. Shit. But they didn't pay. They didn't pay? No. That's how I understand it. Okay. So, so they, they got out of it. I don't know how they got out of it because Did you know they maybe these attacks. You guys? Yeah, they, they, no. Uh, I, to my knowledge, we were not involved in that, right, and, I, and right. if we were, I would not tell <laughs> you. <anyway. laughs> right. Uh, so uh, I think uh, uh, the, the problem with this is that uh, usually these ransomware attacks they go for your backups as well. They try to they mm, don't demand course, the money be, before they know course. that they got the backups, right? So right. they encrypt the backups first, and then the the main data. And then they ask for the money. So so huh. it's difficult to get out of it. But how much of that is actually true, right? Every day I get like a spam email, you know, that says, Hi, I hijacked your account. I was recording you jerking off. Just send me <laughs> some Bitcoin and I will, you know, <laughs> not do it. How much of this is actually, you know, true? Like, of course, this maybe scenario was true, right? But yeah. you could pretty much scare a company of just sending an email or, or you know, yeah, you can do. But what we what we do see is we see many smart uh, attempts to get money out of payment processes in in clients. Like right. they basically the attackers would try to eavesdrop uh, on uh, email communications mm-hmm. so that they can actually you know get the right signatures and the right way of writing to each other. They find out who owns who money, and then they they will write you and say, "Look, uh, we we're, we're gonna pay your invoice, or 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 like, or please pay." Please pay whatever you owe us to this new account number. Uh-huh. Please confirm that or something like this, right? right. So uh, you will try to steer the payment flows to some other uh, uh, sort of system or, or place. And this happens quite often, actually. And this is su- successful? I mean, like... Yes, sometimes, it, sometimes it. it is successful. And right. because they are very well-crafted now, these emails. And right. So the problem there is that if you think about it in organizations today, in businesses, many processes, internal processes and so on, they rely on email. Yeah, they do. You know? So sometimes we try for clients. We register a sort of similar domain name, and we would like uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, write an email and pretend to be, you know, an internal boss uh-huh. and say, oh, uh-huh. "This guy should get a bonus. Please pay it out." And so, and they would go, go like, "Oh, please send me the documents," you know, and you send them some documents saying that the bonus is for this and this, and this is the personal number, and then boom, you get That's the money. It? Yeah. Wow. So, so uh, if you have internal processes that rely on email, think about this. There is no checking that the email is actually from that sender, you know, True. in the ordinary email protocols. Like you can spoof to be any sender, right? Yeah, because like most, most companies, they rely on, on uh, Microsoft products or um, Google products, right? Yeah. So we basically uh, in their hands of the security. So and They do have some really good security features built in. This right. big companies, yes, but do. apparently it's not enough. No, so it's not enough. but that's that's the thing with it, right? It doesn't matter how much you guys will work, the criminals will work m- harder. And isn't that great? That keeps it, us it busy. Is, it <laughs> is. And you said something <laughs> with cyber soldiers, right? That yeah. that could be a good title for 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 cybercom employees, right? Yeah, my you know, fellow it, cyber yeah, uh, soldiers. Yeah. You know, this company has been called Cybercom, I think, since 1995 or something, even before the U.S. Cyber Command was whoa, created. Whoa. So it's, it's interesting now, if you have any American listeners, this is not Cyber Command from huh? the Americans. <laughs> this is the Swedish Cybercom. Yeah. Right, right. You know, I'm not so educated in this topic. That's why you are the co-host mm-hmm. in this uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is a firewall? 
basic question maybe. Yeah. So for firewall, you know, it's it, so a lot of internet security and a lot of cybersecurity actually depends on us being able to to read network traffic. So basically all information between computers they travel in packets, little snippets of information that that come over the cables or in your wireless network, right? TCP IP packets they are called mm-hmm. <clears throat> and firewalls they can be used on different levels but basically it is a system that can be used to filter packets so it has a rule system so basically it will just be a text file in this computer mm-hmm. which is a firewall so basically think about it as a box with one line going in and one line going out and right. inside there is a set of rules which says which traffic can pass and so and the traffic is basically it so the internet is made up of on IP addresses. So when you use your smartphone, it will have an IP address. Right. So it's, it's an address. And then this IP address has 65,000 something uh, ports. So you have the IP address and then the port number. So and then you have two co- computers communicating. So you will have IP address port number on both of these, right? right? So this computer in the middle, the firewall, will basically decide which port numbers can you can you talk to if you are this IP number, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and to whom can you talk? Which IP numbers can you talk to, right? right. So so basically, uh, that's the the main uh, sort of technology behind yeah. firewalls, right? And then of course you can use it today. You can't say, sell a firewall which doesn't have some kind of learning, machine learning, artificial intelligence. So basically, the firewall today will learn about normal traffic patterns. And then ah. when something happens, you know, someone goes up in the middle of the night and they start to talk to a computer that is unexpected. Yeah. Maybe then it will like make an alarm, you know, right. and say that. Oh, this but is how strange. does it know that? Machine oh, learning. Oh. So it sees, right. it sees like, you know, it, it basically records the typical traffic patterns over a, some time, maybe a few days or a few weeks. Yeah. And then when something happens outside of that expected boundaries, so mm-hmm. to say, then it may fire an alarm to say this is something strange going on. So firewalls get better and better for each time you use it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So they they must really suck like ten years ago or something. Uh, or you know, like <coughs> when I started in this business, like there was not even a firewall included if you have a Windows computer or anything. You had to buy a firewall yeah. and install it, right? True. Yeah. So everything was open. Yeah. I have to ask you: Is it yeah. a rumor that at Mac computers can't get, uh, you know? Attacks or not attacks, uh, it but is viruses. Sort of, it, it, it's it's true that that most viruses are written for Windows for a Windows platform. If you think about like private use users, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's it's uh, slightly better off. You know, hmm. So what would you say is the biggest challenge for companies uh, today uh, coming to cybersecurity? Like the ultimate biggest challenge? Mm. You know, the, the, the problem with cybersecurity is money, right? Mm-hmm. It's about economics of cybersecurity. So it's, it's finding out what you should do to reduce your cost for cyber attacks and for mistakes you know, as much as possible without increasing the cost for cybersecurity efforts and, and for in productivity that mm-hmm. you create and so on. So it's basically like an economic question in a way. Um, I think that's the, the real thing. Like you have only a certain amount of money. You yeah. want to make some good security out of that. And that's, then we try to, f- you know, find methods to help the clients to understand what they should do, you know, True. with their limited resources. So, 
So and it's also like to understand to understand some we also have in this industry some I call them security muppets, you know, <laughs> muppets who don't understand that security is only one thing, right? Right. There are other things that are important in society: sustainability, equality, mm-hmm. uh, making money from this new emerging market, and so sure. on. I mean, there are so many things that business leaders have to think about. Security is only one, and we are not the objective. We are just a restriction on the way. Yeah. So organizations they want to make money, they want to make a profit, and they want to contribute to society in a good way and security is, is one way of, of doing that right but we are only we're merely we're not the objective we're something that you have to do you sure. know, to get there so uh, we have to teach the security muppets of this industry that 100% security is not the objective right, right. we should not be 100% secure right. no we allow certain insecurity in our systems and our services because that's economic and that's the way to move society forward Right. But do you think that, uh, you know, the society should pay and and provide some kind of fundamental security for, for, for example, Swedish companies? And, and each government should have their own, you know, uh, protection package that we give to our companies. I think that's that, 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 that is a really good question. It's like it's, it's almost like asking, like, is healthcare something we should pay together? Is right. the school something we should pay yeah. together? I think the, the answer to this is yes. Uh, I never thought about it in that way, but I think that society, especially a digitalized society like we are and moving into augmented reality and virtual reality and so on even more, I think that society will need to pay for a common sort of Level of cybersecurity, so that uh, that actually the society can work, that we can have democracy, that we can have uh, deliver critical societal services to the citizens. So I think that's a that's a good idea. That's That's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, something for you guys, the Cybercom, Mm -hmm. you can just pretty much make billions of dollars of that. Yep, (laughs) (laughs) and we do. You do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so speaking of companies and attacks, uh, what is your take on like? Big corporations such as Facebook and the big leak that was with um, Cambridge Analytica mm. and the the headlines of TikTok. This is a question about data protection and privacy. Yeah. It's about the, the human right to have some kind of private life. Yeah. And, and actually, interestingly, people are more concerned about uh, their family and their friends to find out about what they do than, than they are about <laughs> Facebook, right? I mean, people are willing to send their DNA to That's an American true. company yeah. that they don't know anything about to find out if they come from Iceland <laughs> or from Sweden. You know? People are willing to have a speaker that listens to everything they say in their home and yeah. send it off to you know, Google or whatever, right? That's true. So, That's so true. people are in, in a little bit naive mm-hmm. in this sense. But uh, I think... So in terms of regulation uh, of these large companies, so there is a regulation already. And we have it's the, the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation. And the idea was that that was going to stop all these bad business practices, this gray area, this sort of semi-legal right. ways of making money out of people's information. And it didn't stop. You know, it, it has not really, it has stopped some things, but it has not really, it has not really explained to uh, citizens in Europe yeah. that their data is actually you know the goods that is sold and so on like so people don't still don't get it right so uh, I think illegally we are doing already what what more or less can be done it's a very ambitious regulation in Europe it, uh, it feels like a paycheck for for the lawyers uh, I mean yeah th- that was yeah. the the biggest Christmas present for them when when they yeah. released this yeah 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 you're right we have we have hundreds of 
people in the legal business in Sweden just being uh, occupied with GDPR. Wow. And, and still, some of them still have to understand that this is actually a cybersecurity question. In yeah, a way, it is. Because it comes down to how do you protect this information, right? Sure. But, um, but how should we punish yeah. the companies? I mean, obviously, punishing them with a, you know, a sanction or, or you know, a big fine, they have to pay billions of dollars. It doesn't affect them because they're so huge, right? I think what will happen eventually is I think we will have a big debate about this in the coming years again. We used to have a big debate in Sweden about privacy. Mm-hmm. In the 70s, we had a debate even about social security numbers in Sweden. That 70s? May, yeah, like wow. that maybe companies could use this to sort of match the databases or even like uh, that government agencies could use it to match databases. So it was like a we were very sensitive to privacy issues. I mean, yeah, today yeah. it's not even a question. Like, of course, the government agencies will match their databases, right? Right. But but now I think we will have a debate again. And I think that debate is going to be, you know, it's going to be tough for these companies who has been treating people's data as their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, people will lose trust in, in some of these companies and they will... Uh, cease to exist. Yeah. Let me tell you this. I would not be surprised if Facebook did, does not exist in five years from now. Really? I would not be surprised. Wow, I have to sell stocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's. Uh, do you think, like, um, I mean, if Facebook goes under, we have so much services going under. How are we going to communicate? I mean, w- what's up? Messenger. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have Facebook. and I. Uh, you so don't? No, no. Okay. Are you, are you, you, you're just on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't you think LinkedIn sells your information? Like, it's a, a basically you know it's a service that you can pay for if you want to, and it's a, it's owned by Microsoft, and I do trust them actually. Right. Yeah. yeah. Microsoft gives that vibe of of you know we are we are for the business. You know, side. they used to be the the big dangerous monolith. You know, they used to be the big giant that everyone yeah. hated. You know, Microsoft does this and that. And then all these new players came around. You know, Google, Facebook. They fucked uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then so then now everyone sees Microsoft as the old. You know, secure alternative, so to say. So, yeah. how is is I, I think IBM was pretty huge at that time. Mm-hmm. Are they as huge as they were with? I mean, compared st- to Microsoft, you know, now? they are like, still they are still a really big company on the on the business side, but they have moved out from consumer, uh, you know, market. Oh, so that's right. why we don't see them so much. Do they have like cybersecurity as? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, they, they do. do. Okay, yeah. okay. They have cool. consulting. They have a lot of products around that. So right. Another uh, word that I'm not quite familiar with is uh, black hat hackers. Mm. What the hell is a black hat hacker? Basically, look at me. I have a white hat on if you, <laughs> if you, if you see it. Yeah, right? No, no. Yeah, I, it's a big cowboy <laughs> hat. And, uh, no, it takes up most of this. Oh, room. yeah, yeah. He's, he's totally right. Yeah. <laughs> so this hat basically shows that I'm working, you know, with the honest guys. You know? like oh, we're trying right. to protect systems and networks and we do it, you know, within the f- legal framework. Right. Yeah. And so the black hat hackers, the, those are the ones who actually they 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 do things for fun or for profit, but not within the legal, you know, framework. Right? They oh. don't have an assignment to hack that system, right. but they still do it. So they are black hat in that they are dishonest, right? Oh shit! So that's that's what I would basically how I would define it. Um, how do you think that cybersecurity is going to affect? freedom of speech in the future if you think about it when you have a society that is dependent so much on digital technology cybersecurity is the only thing that keeps that society from chaos yeah because if we did not have security then everyone could manipulate the services and the systems and so on and so of course like even in sweden in the election system we don't really have a very electronic election system it's a manual you know we have this voting papers yeah, and so yeah. on 
Now, I used to be responsible for information security at the Sweden Swedish Election Authority for two public uh, elections in uh, previous years. Cool. Uh, and so it's but, but so what not many people know is that we do have a computer actually. We do have an election computer system huh. and it's just now being renewed and redeveloped. And but that system it's used to count all the votes. So if you think about it, like if we did not have cybersecurity for that system, you know, even our the heart of democracy being able to count the votes would be just big chaos, right? That's true. So everything in society, freedom of speech, democracy and so on is dependent on good cybersecurity. And even cybersecurity can also provide sometimes when needed anonymity. You know, mm-hmm. if you are if you live in an oppressive society when you you you're not uh, you don't have freedom of speech, you know, then you can use virtual private networks and encryption technologies yeah. to to tunnel your traffic out of that country and to communicate freely on that outside like many people yeah, do today yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. so it's a uh, so it, it is something that can help freedom of speech yeah yeah uh, anonymity is, is becoming a very trendy you know topic for for many uh, there is a lot of services like uh, you have this app wicker mm-hmm. uh, for uh, usually from the start i think it was used for um, journalists mm-hmm. like to communicate so people can't it's like know. a chat program. yeah it's like yeah. a chat but yeah. you, you c- basically burn your message after a couple of seconds mm. but what happened was uh the 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 people that buy and sell drugs they noticed that huh ah, this could yeah. be great yeah so you know we have a lot of services that are good for us but mm. they're used in a bad way yeah right they're always two sides it's always a suicide and yeah. I, th- I think as as soon as the criminal organization get their hands on something, mm-hmm. that shit starts flying. Yeah, but you know, if you think about it, it's always been like that. You know, you can take a car and you can run into a bunch of people, or you can drive to your right. mother and have dinner. You yeah, know, you can take a telephone and make a drug deal. <laughs> you know, true. You can make a True. phone call and say, you know, kill that guy, or or you can just you know have a lovely conversation with someone you love. You know, so it's like basically. All these tools that are available for honest people are also available for dishonest people, yeah, and, yeah. and we have to we have to live with that. We can't forbid, you know, uh, anonymity for everyone only because some <coughs> people true. hide, yeah. uh, you know, behind it. But it's it's getting so much harder for you guys then. Um, yeah. Not only do you have to fight, you know, attacks, but you don't know who you're fighting. We have techniques to find out. Of course, you do. smart <laughs> methods to find out uh, the identities behind. Uh, anon- uh, anonymous online handlers and so on. I mean, there are many ways to to find out. Do and you punish them then, or like? Do you <laughs> just... <laughs> it depends on you. What, what kind of assignment we're a part of. I mean, right. uh, people do get punished sometimes if they write mm, viruses or if they hack into systems. Yeah. So then you contact, for example, let's say that attack an attack comes from China. Mm. I don't know why I took China, but mm. let's say yeah. China. <clears throat> you find out that there is a certain amount of people that does this. Do you contact the authorities in China and and work with them to take them down? You know, we it, it depends on what kind of assignment we do have. You know, it it's being if there is an I mean if there is an attack and if a client wants to find a file a police complaint, then of course you know we do that. But the pro- there is always a problem with attribution in cyber attacks that mm-hmm. many people they assume that it is Chinese because. For some strange reason, people are afraid of Chinese and Russians here in Sweden, right? <laughs> and I'm not so, <laughs> I'm not so convinced. You know, if the if another country wanted to create a cyber attack that looked coming from China, they will do all that stuff. You know, they would only sure. compile the code on exactly the working hours of Chinese government agencies. Yeah, they would yeah. have some Chinese characters in the executables, co- uh, you know, files, and you know, there are many ways of making something. 
look to come from China, but uh, but uh, sometimes you know. So who is the bad guy? Who's the bad guy in the world right now? The bad guy, according you know, it depends on whose team you're on. Right. I guess Sweden is. I guess Sweden is a bad guy, you know, for some countries maybe, but but uh, you know, of course, we do have those countries that are our that we consider our friends in this. We have countries who are very active, trying to recruit recruit spies and so on here for for them uh, who who. uh, are very active in, in trying to you know map out what we do here in yeah. Sweden, and th- there are basically three countries that I that come to my mind, but I'm not going <laughs> to tell you which one. They are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for your own security. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but let me tell you this: right. the guys who have my job on their side, they think that that uh, they are the good guys. So you know, of it's, course, it's all a matter yeah, of perspective. It is, yeah. it is. You do it for your country, right? Yeah, that's one part of it. Yeah. yeah, some of the work that we do, we do it because we believe in a good and free, open society, and and uh, we we believe in the society that we live in. But what what would you say is the big big change that's coming in in the past maybe one or two years in cybersecurity, data protection? What is the big change? Is it, is it some new I regulations? Think it's a, I think it's a cyber defense uh, okay. component basically because uh, one of of the consultants that work here, uh, she is now one of the PhD students who are developing the the courses for the new cyber soldiers in Sweden. So they're okay. going to make an intake of cyber soldiers to train them mm-hmm. to you know offensive cyber warfare and so on. So I think that's the that's the big thing that is happening now that people will start to look at the, the defense budget and say, look, we have to pay one billion crowns for one submarine. Let's yeah. spend some of that on on cybersecurity yeah. and so on. And I think we're going to see a big move in that in that area all over the world. So right. cyber defense, you know, if you want to be in in a good industry in terms of in terms of business opportunities, I think that's that's the place. And do you guys get a bonus if you guys like if you do an extra good job for protecting? Uh, if you know, my boss is listening to this, <laughs> show me <laughs> the money. <laughs> show me the money. <laughs> show me the money. <laughs> now, of course, I mean we we get well paid. Yeah, right, right. We do. We yeah. do. Yeah, we because we're good and we provide a good value. So. We get paid back a part of that value that we provide, of course, a small part. Small yeah. part, right? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Uh, okay, and um, there is, you know, there's a lot of IoT going on in the world, and mm. and also with, uh, you know, autonomous cars, um, all of this mobility. How do we protect IoT from from attacks? It is difficult because the the automobile industry they come from a li- sort of like a no uh, uh, like 100% safety but no cybersecurity yeah. <laughs> corner and so they have all the networks they are have, have been traditionally kind of unprotected you know when you put your foot on the brake in a car today mm-hmm. it will send a udp packet it will send like basically an internet huh. traffic in your car to and that will as signal to this braking system to start braking so and that Shit. hopefully has a sort of a higher priority than some other things that yeah. is going on in your network, right? <laughs> so it's a it's a, it's a complex, of course. You know, I mean, there are many ways to to hack autonomous cars. You can paint a, a, a white line on the on the street and catch all the autonomous cars in one whoa, place whoa. if you wanted to, right? I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> so you can. So there are many ways to hack cars. But we, we're so busy with you know with this environmental aspect that we have to produce cars, lower the cost of buying an electric car. Hmm. When is this ultimate protection going to come in? Is is for example Tesla working on it or? So they should be working on it because some people have hacked their systems. But okay. We do, we produce and we deliver to the major automotive companies uh, a system called BlueGo, which mm-hmm. is basically an entertainment. You can say it's like a Bluetooth. 
component of this entertainment system. So we are sort of in the market there, mm-hmm. and we try to you know help uh, even big uh, construction equipment makers with with security in their systems. So basically, like all of these automakers and all of the makers of big industrial equipments like trucks and so on, mm-hmm. they need artificial intelligence. They need cybersecurity. Definitely. They need everything of that going into their products right now. And like sure. they are really willing to to spend money on that and. So that's uh, you know a lot of things will happen there, but yeah. You guys have a huge market. I'm just thinking mm-hmm. about all the areas you can use. <clears throat> Sorry, you can use your services in man. Yeah, you're like set for life. Not only being professor, but you're working on such a great uh, you know it's industry. It's a great area, yeah. And every day, every day since I started, uh, all these years, every I think every single day, someone I have met have told me. Oh, that's where it happens. You know, that's a great yeah, area, that's where and the it's magic been happens. more and more true every day since then, right? Wow! Because now everything is moving quickly in this area. Yeah. Are you ever gonna retire? I feel like this Never. is a profession <laughs> you will just work and work until I you die. I love it. I love it. Like you die making your last <laughs> protection of the you know service or exactly, something. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, I don't feel it as a job like that. I mean, it's. I mean, it is. It is a job and it's a duty in a way, but it's. Uh, It's something that is fun, so I don't yeah. really reflect on it as something uh, that is uh, boring or anything. But, yeah. but. cool, man! Um, it has been absolutely amazing to have you on the show. Well, thank uh, you for having me. I mean, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for not attacking my <laughs> computer. You know, uh, I'm connected to your Wi-Fi. Have you checked the other computer because I actually <laughs> just planted something there? No, but to, as a summary uh, mm-hmm. for listeners, mm-hmm. um, let's give them. You know takeaway from this episode mm-hmm. um, how would they think about their protection as a summary mm, think about your privacy you know go into these online services social media and so on and search for privacy settings and make sure that you set those to what you want um, that's the first thing uh, think about and if you're interested in cybersecurity, find out about this business because it's a nice place to be and it's an exciting kind of line of work sure. so welcome to the to this industry yeah. right cool yeah. all right you guys been listening to sunday stories with me your host Vadim Shinzade and today i had an awesome professor in cyber security Fredrik Blix thank you thank you